Hello and welcome to the Rubber Duck Dev Show. I'm Chris. I'm Creston. And we are recovering from sugar comas after Halloween. But no, actually, I, we had zero candy this year because the kids are grown up and we didn't do any trick or treating and turned the lights off on the front porch and kind of hid out in our house. And <laughs> Come on, man. You got to put at least some candy up for people. <laughs> what was yeah, interesting? There actually weren't many trick or treaters out. Because I guess because what was of COVID, but yeah, what was interesting about mine is that we are on. So there's a road that kind of goes all the way around the neighborhood in a big circle, mm -hmm. and we're kind of like a spoke off of that road. And we hardly didn't get anyone. But if you were walking on that main road, oh my gosh, people were out by the well, tens or hundreds, you know. It was it was hopping, and one you'll find this interesting went by one parent station where they actually had um, free shot libations. Oh, <laughs> for the parents. Why, why why didn't you tell me about this? <laughs> Dang <laughs> man! <laughs> so there were plenty of parents hanging out at that particular one, but you know. Oh boy. All right. So that so, was interesting. Um, so tonight we get to talk about when do you stop planning it and start doing it? How much planning is enough? How much is too much? Um, and it's going to be a very, very subjective topic tonight, but that's fine. Um, but before we get into that, what'd you do this week? So in terms of client work, worked on a number of database migrations, sometimes looking for ways to migrate to another uh, service provider or even seeing if it was conceivable to do downgrades. So do enough query optimization to potentially downgrade database. So that's some of the stuff I was working on. Uh, in terms of my own application, working on, continue to work on the, the segment builder. So this is basically allowing the customers of my application being able to segment their customers predominantly to send email communication to them. So if they wanted to be able to send a solicitation or you know, something along those lines. Uh, and working that out, the segment builder, you know, there's the possibility of selecting all customers, where ideally you would like to know, hey, what is my total number of customers? Well, you wouldn't want to do a database query every time looking, hey, give me all the customers for an account, particularly a large one. Um, so I'm looking into ways, best ways to do caching of that. So like mm -hmm. caching the result of all customers and basically don't do the complex query that can do a bunch of ands and ors related to it, um, but basically cache certain big buckets. So it kind of just exits early and just gives returns from the quote unquote cache, what that is and, ref and refresh that cache. I don't know, I'm thinking about doing something like a, cron job on some periodic basis to do the calculations, but just working through what's the best way to do that. And also with a segment builder, it's highlighting, okay, I there's certain ways that email providers have suppression lists that kind of remove people from lists, but I kind of want, basically they're unsubscribes, but I kind of want by default the segment builder to kind of remove them so working on, on that kind of process, as well as how to handle form spammers, because 
there's some cases where Still, forum spammers huh? <laughs> well i mean well and in regard to the segment builder because these form spammers they do ultimately create records so, because if you say give me all the records basically anyone with an email address you're going to get people that are form spammers so it's i've done different methods to hide it in other reports to make them invisible once we've identified uh, a particular segment one so i just basically have to do basically I keep seeing new features. I have to keep adding to this thing. I think I'm done. And then I realize <laughs> oh, yeah, I got to do this. I got to do that. You know? So did you not do enough planning? Ha 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 ha. Oh, well, but here's the thing. I have a lot of ways I can test this eternal internally and for my own tasks. So or and for my own thing, for my own use cases. So I'm kind of like, all right, let me get something out there and I can start using it, dog fooding it. And then mm -hmm. I use it and I'm like, oh, well, there's that case. Oh, and there's this case, you know, cause like this segment builder is hidden, but I can still use it on other accounts. And so I said, all right, well, what does it do if I look at this account and, and I see, you know, a whole bunch of forms spam like, oh, okay, I gotta, you know. So yes, I probably could have caught all of these issues but yes i tended to do it and then see okay how does this work right internally i didn't i haven't released it no one can use it yet because no one knows about it you know where it's right. at but i can use it and look in different accounts and make a and get a feel for it, how it's working you know because i wanted to do that for the to test out different caching solutions anyway but it's mm -hmm. just highlighted these other things oh, i've got to build these other things too Right. Yeah. So, so what did you do this week? We we um kind of finished up this investigation we were having with the the sidekick caching issues, um particularly the cache invalidations and when to do that and how often to do it and we were having problems where so much stuff was going on in sidekick that when we would call these uh cache invalidations you'd see huge gaps in this in the flame graph of that because it would try to invalidate try to make a call to sidekick and then it's waiting in it, its turn in the queue because sidekick is not multi-process for this queue and you know we've got a lot of these things going on so you'd see this it would go to do the thing that needs to call the invalidate and then you'd see this big huge gap and then it would actually call the invalidate and it that would take a while and then it was just um, causing these functions to go really long because all the cache invalidation was in line, which normally you want to do. You want to, if, if a cache needs to be invalidated, do it now. In this particular case, though, we figured out that we could actually send those cache invalidation calls asynchronously and get them out of the, out of the flow because the amount of time that it would that it would lag behind in the cache invalidation was maxed out on on you know like 2x and 3x load tests it was maxing out at like three to five seconds that that it would you know be that and then in this particular case in this flow it didn't really matter i mean we could have we could have lagged it by 15 seconds and it wouldn't have made any real difference so we figured out that sometimes you don't want to do your cache invalidations immediately in line. 
Um, so we we had a big improvement uh, overall with that. So wait, change. so you when you say you did that asynchronously, so you essentially you don't wait, or are you doing them earlier, or you're sending to a separate queue that processes them we, earlier? We just send them out asynchronously so that the process that it was getting in the middle of can just keep doing its thing. Uh, while while I see, something I see, else I see. goes yeah, yeah, off yeah. and invalidates the cache and then rebuilds the cache on a, on a later uh, request, because in this yep. case it okay. didn't. I, I didn't. We didn't need up to the second cache accuracy. Um, so okay. that was a that was a fun little thing. And then I had this is a this is a kind of a appropriate topic because. <laughs> The beginning of this week, I finally started a project that's due by Thanksgiving that's been in planning stage for way too long. And I finally just got impatient and said, screw it. I'm just I'm going. It's time to go. I got to do stuff. I can't just plan stuff forever. I've got a deadline coming. So let's just let's just hit it. Um, I think other people <laughs> may still be in the planning stage, do but it! I'm writing code, you know, Um was a shallow LaBeouf. Do it! Just do it! Uh, so, yeah, I'm I'm trying to... So now I'm kind of in a... Um, a bit of a time crunch because <laughs> there was a little too much planning going on. And so, you know, that's kind of what we're... What we're going to talk about tonight is where's that fine line between enough planning and too much planning? Um, so I think I'll start that discussion by saying that's incredibly subjective and circumstantial. Um, yeah. you know, if, if I'm writing some blog app that I'm just playing around with and I want to put some blog app up, a lot of planning is completely useless. Because no one's gonna read it for well, the yeah, first uh, forever. That. <laughs> That's one thing, but you know, it, or you know, some kind of useful app that's not really mission critical or anything, and I can just make updates to it constantly, and nobody's gonna you know fall off the earth if if I make an update at an inappropriate time or something. Those don't take a lot of planning. I can plan my weekly sprint or something, but I don't need to sit and, and do three to six months of, you know, UM models and stuff like that. However, if I'm writing the control programming for one of the SpaceX modules, I probably need to do quite a bit of planning because once that sucker hits zero and goes, I can't just send an update. You know, it's it's gotta. I have to have thought through. Although all maybe the they maybe they've engineered that. Well, they probably can, but still, they're not sending it while the thing is you know True. heading off the yeah. launch pad. They better have thought through some quite a few of the permutations. If there are people sitting at the top of said it, rocket booster, exactly. Uh, so you know, you don't want to do things like, hey, you program it expecting them to use the metric system and then they're actually using the imperial system. Not that that would ever really happen, but, you know, that's you don't want to do those kind of things. You want to plan through that. So it, it really depends on the project. It depends on the customer who's going to be using it. Um, 
it depends on the team that's working on it. It depends on your corporate culture. So it's this is a highly subjective thing. So there's not really a, hey, plan for one week and then it's too much. It depends. Um, so we'll just go ahead and get that out of the way right now. Um, but I, I think um, a lot of this is just going to come from our experience over what 200 years combined of doing this or whatever um and the different things we've done because when i started my career um this was back in in the late 90s right i mean i've been programming since i was a little kid in the in the 80s but my professional career started in the late 90s and when i started there was a lot more upfront planning going on with uh, development. Part of that was because the, the web wasn't really much of a thing back then. We were writing desktop apps and they're delivered all over the place and you have to install them. And so you have to keep track of, you know, we can't just throw an update out there one night. We have to advertise it and deliver it, package it, and they have to install it. And we have some customers on this version and some on that version. And if they don't update and we change our licensing server, how is it going to impact the people that don't update? And, you know, so you got to do a lot more planning in those kind of situations. But um, there was a lot of wasted time with planning because we would spend a lot of time, weeks or months, planning something out. And then a couple weeks into actually writing the project, most of that stuff went away and we were redesigning, right? Because we found out, oh, this didn't do what we thought it would do. So now we've got to rethink this. So there was a point where, yeah, that's just too much planning, you know? Um, now, the planning phase... And this is really a project management discussion because this is one of the phases of project management, the planning phase. That has shortened up significantly over the past two decades. Um, most programmers, most development shops don't do more than a couple of days of planning for most things that they're writing. Um, if it's like a feature ad or something they may sit down for a couple of months at the very beginning to plan out the product or products that they're going to have to get a general overview of this is you know we're not writing the spacex control modules we're writing a financial app so let's think about what we're going to do and how we're going to differentiate ourselves and why would somebody want our app that type of planning takes a little longer but that's not really what we're talking about here we're talking about the planning of the actual app writing and so when do you stop talking about it and start actually doing it so my experience has been i like to get on the keyboard as quickly as i can to start doing proof of concepts once i generally understand what it is i'm trying to, to accomplish I don't want to sit there and think about plans and contingencies and all the permutations and stuff. I just want to start writing proof of concept stuff because one of the things I've learned over the years is I don't care how much planning you do until you actually sit down and write something. You're not entirely sure how it's going to work. 
And more often than not, what you think is going to happen is not what's going to happen. Especially when you get into complex apps. Now, when you're, I guess for me, I think it would be helpful to talk about, so there's the high level planning that talks about what kind of architecture you're going to do, or there's a lower level planning where, hey, I got to build this new feature, this new module. Like what you just discussed, is that building this new feature, this new module? Um, it, it really kind of is, for me, is applicable in both of those scenarios. So the, the architecture layout, yeah, it takes a little more planning or a, a, at least a little bit of thought up front. And, but most of those things are kind of knowns to a point. But would you do a proof of concept for doing your overall architecture uh it depends on whether it's an architecture i've used before or not if i'm going to set up an architecture that i haven't done before more than likely i will sit down after after some you know maybe a couple hours of kind of drawing on a whiteboard and saying here's how i think things should talk to each other and be laid out i'll go start doing proof of concepts and kind of setting up little networks and stuff to see can I actually get this to, to do this? Because if I spend two months planning, assuming I can get it to do it, and then it doesn't work, well, that's wasted time. So yeah, I like to... I, and, and there's a big difference between me and some, uh, some other people. I just like to work my way through it um, instead of think my way through it all the time. I tend to probably go more towards the think my way through a planning route where, because like my process is basically, so I need to build this new feature. The first thing I do is, does this look anything like something I've done before? And then I go and look at how I did it there. And can I apply the, you know, it's kind of like pattern recognition. Can I mm -hmm. apply the, you know, this pattern to what I'm trying to do or how to, should I mold it? And then if I go down this road, like it sounds like you may start down the road and see how far you get, where I, I kind of think, okay, if I go down this road, what are the ramifications that I can think of right now? And is there, will I run into a dead end at some point? So I think through and I, I mean, frankly, I take a fair amount of time. I may walk and think about it, I may, you know, just go through, give myself a little bit of time. I don't like that I do that sometimes, but meaning like given an evening, sometimes I sleep on it and, and just figure out, all right, what is the best way to do this? Mm -hmm. And then there's this meter that keeps going up and up saying, you got to do something, you got to do something. And this is not necessarily external pressure, but my own internal pressure to where I'm kind of like, okay, I'm done thinking about this or it's time to do it. <laughs> right. And then I say, okay, or I'm like, okay, I've thought about this enough. I think this is a good solution. And then I go ahead and start implementing what, what I think will work. And then I'll find where the problems are exactly like with the segment builder. Hey, I think this will work. I'm going to try this out. Cause like one decision point I had was so 
my applications in Rails. Rails is OR support for doing SQL queries, and ORs is terrible in terms of active <laughs> records composing record. It's great if everything is an AND. But if you want very dynamic ORs, then it's just nightmare. I mean, yeah. so that was one path that I said, do I try to make this work? There's a couple of ways I could think of doing it that way. But because what the segment builder ultimately does is grab just groups of people and combine and allows you to get a segment, a group of people, what I decided to do is in terms of or support is I'll support doing the equivalent SQL equivalent of an N. So you can choose multiple ones and part of an N. So I still not using ORs for that necessarily, but support for more than one value when you're checking it against a column. But for OR support, I'm basically saying you get three or four, some limited number of OR segments you can tack on. But what I'm doing is just pulling the IDs into Ruby and merging the arrays that are returned. Right. So it's not great. I'd rather do it in the database, but like trying to do unions or the or support in active record, I was just like, <laughs> forget it. <laughs> I think this is going to be it is one of those situations where I think this is going to be a dead end. So I just said, you know, I'm going to try doing this and hopefully it'll work. If not, you know, we'll see what happens. And so far it's in my limited testing, it seems to be, you know, not too bad. And the other thing in terms of caching something, because I, I was, again, this is part of the planning. I was thinking about this caching that I'm probably going to have to do. Well, the caching can be at the resolution of, say, the or mark. So for example, you can have, say, five queries that are all anded together. That's one unit, and you can or them to others. Mm -hmm. So that section, that, that or border, that whole thing could be cached. So if I see this segment of say five ands, that whole thing can be cached and brought in and then or together essentially if I need to do that. So that was another reason to go ahead and use this method as opposed to trying to do it in Rails Active Record and try to do it in one call to the database. Right. Yeah. And I think, I mean, you kind of, one of the things I was, that was kind of bubbling to the surface as you were talking about that is because I recognize this. I think the planning states of the planning stages of apps get compressed a lot as your experience gets longer. So for instance, you know, I've been doing this, we've been doing this more than 20 years. So I know if I'm going to, if, if somebody says I need a project that does this, I can immediately knock out three of the avenues of approach because I know these all end in dead ends and this will not go where we need to go. So I can compress my planning um, down because I just because of experience and knowing, you know, I've been down this road. We don't want to go here. And it's because I've painted myself into more corners than exist <laughs> over my career. And so I kind of know, you know, uh, it, let's let's not go there. And if I if we're not in a corner is equivalent to a decagon, right? <laughs> Um, 
you know, if I'm in a planning meeting and somebody says, hey, what about this? I'm, I may be able to say, no, just don't, let's, no, just don't. This is where it's going to end up. Let's just leave that one on the floor, you know? Um, so I think, I think a lot of this too has to do with experience. The less experience you have, the more planning thinking you need to do. Um, but even then, the way one of the ways that I approach that and kind of mitigate the upfront planning time wasting, well, what I consider time wasting because I'm impatient, is I'll do, you know, I'll spend a couple hours thinking through the overall thing. Then I'll start coding some stuff. Then I'll take a break and spend another hour thinking about, you know, because I'll get to a fork in the code and say, okay, well, I got to pick a pick a way. So let's think through which way I pick. Right. And I just keep working my thinking down the highway as I'm going. So I probably end up doing as much planning. I just don't do it all up front. I kind of break it up into little chunks as I'm going. And that way I can kind of focus the planning on I have now have this specific problem inside my overall app. Let me plan this problem out. Yeah, I mean, and that's a good example of what I was talking about the segment builder in terms of, I said, I'm planning and focusing just on this base set of functionality to allow people to combine multiple and criteria together and or them as well to some certain level. So that was like my base. What, what can I do to implement that? And then once that's done, I knew the next step was okay. And then I need a way to store those records and then send an email broadcast to them. Mm -hmm. So I basically got that whole set working. And then I said, okay, let me put that up in the system, but no one can use it because no, you know, no one can access it at this point. And now I can start testing it out. I can sit, send to some of my internal lists. I can start querying using the segment builder for larger accounts and see how it's working, where if there's anything that breaks or anything that seemingly doesn't work. And then what came out of that, of course, is the um, you know, the form spammer issues and the email unsubscribes, well, gee, it'd be great to exclude those and to find a way to include them if they want, you know. So all these things bubbled up and now, okay, I need to do some more planning to figure out, given the solution I have, how can I add these new features to it? Right. And it, it was also a validation to say that, okay, this this worked. So I really didn't do, essentially my proof of concepts were very short in iteration. Basically I had cho chosen a path and I was just going to do it and abort if it didn't work. So that's what I kind of was saying. I spend a fair amount of time thinking, I think it sounds like I spend more time thinking through things and then I choose a path and then I abort if it doesn't work. Whereas you may do more proof of concepts, testing different solutions. Yeah, I, I think and so. And less planning. And it's it, that's one of those things where I, I don't think that there is a more right or more wrong way. Like even, yeah, if, it's just... it, even if the two of us were presented with the exact same scenario, it, our different approaches to how we plan, I think would both be appropriate in those scenarios. It's just that I have a, 
particular way that I like to do it, and you have a particular way that you like to do it. And I think that um, what I really like is when you get teams that have both of those dichotomies on them, and, and you end up with somebody who's thinking through the problem consistently and the other person is kind of sitting there and just banging on the keyboard and saying, yep, that works. No, that doesn't work. We can't go down this path. Uh, because what I have run into is a group of thinking through it guys that, <laughs> that do, you know, weeks and weeks of planning and then they sit down and start banging on it. And, you know, the very first thing they find out, oh, crap, this doesn't work. So the weeks of planning we did are irrelevant because, um, you know, I, I, and that's bad. But I also think that having painted myself into so many corners, you don't just want to charge through like a bull in a china shop either with the code. You need to think ahead a little bit and say, OK, if I go down this road where am I potentially going to get stuck and not be able to recover? Right. So both, both of those types of planning and, and are, are helpful in a project. I think a project is most successful when you have people with both of those types of planning on them. Um, I had a curiosity. So, you know, there was, I, I don't know if it if people are even looking for these people now, like the the software architect job description. Are there any more software architects or do you just people are just hiring developers? I, I don't know. And, se I, and senior developers. I mean, that's I think what I what the other organizations that I assist, that's pretty much what they, there's no one who's a software architect, for example. Yeah, I don't I I don't run into that specific title much anymore or see advertisements for jobs for that most of what i see is like software engineer or programmer yeah. um uh, so and maybe that's a callback to the waterfall model where an immense amount of planning had to be done up front yeah, and I think so. And that's kind of where my career started. I remember doing waterfall models and very quickly found out that those were not appropriate for programming. Those are appropriate. Well, they are. I, I mean, okay. Not, I mean. I mean, you're right. What you said at the beginning <laughs> is that when you have a release every six months, basically you get one shot to do it. One sh shot to launch the rocket. Right. <laughs> and the, your next window is in six months. So you want to try to plan ahead and get, everything just right you know yeah and and i think this goes to some more things that i had in the notes which is the type of planning that you do has to depend on a few different things what is the complexity of the project right if i'm building control softwares for spacex that's complex if i'm designing the next blog framework that's not quite as complex, so it doesn't take as much planning. What are the what is the tolerance for the bugs or issues in the once I get this thing out there? You know, if I have some bugs in my blog app, okay, it's fine. We'll patch them, but no big deal. If SpaceX control flight programs have a bug, people could die. That's 
you know, so there's a much different level of planning that needs to go on there. Um, what's your ability to deliver fixes when you discover bugs? You know, most web apps, okay, there's a bug. Fine, I'll patch it tonight. You know, not a big deal. Rocket ship, well, the next rocket, we'll see if we can fix it, but this one, it's on the pad, sorry. It better be right. Um, and I think the the level of planning also has a lot to do with the proportion of knowns to unknowns. So if I have a lot of knowns, I can actually do more planning up front because I can say, yes, this path will lead us where we need to go, and then we can talk about the next steps. If there's a lot of unknowns, that's the, the it, when I'm planning, when I'm working on a planning meeting, when I get to the point of saying, hey, can we do this? If I say, I don't know, that's when planning needs to stop and POCs need to start, I think. Because as soon as I say, I don't know, anything that comes after that is assumptions that I'm not sure about and I may be wasting time at that point. You know, so that's kind of how I look at at those things. Uh, so just as a little aside, it seems that my chat aggregator is not pulling chats through. So if you're out there in chat land and I miss your chat, I very much apologize. So now I'm having to try to look at, at YouTube chat and uh, Twitch chat because my aggregator is being a butt. Anyway, if you're out there and you chat, it has some hello. bugs that people that they didn't plan for. That's right. They didn't do planning on this thing, and this is mission critical. I have to talk to my peeps. So, in terms of planning, like projects you're working on, like this project that you were saying at the beginning of the show that you're you know, you'd planned a fair amount of time and now that, you know, the time is getting short. So you need to start the implementation. Was the planning that going on, was that you by your lonesome or was that a group of people that were planning out what to do? What did that situation that look like? That was a team from my company and a team from our client trying to communicate and uh, plan gonna, yeah, yeah, and yeah, find yeah. common okay. times to chat and all that stuff. And it, it got to be, it got to be where I just had to say, look, I'm, I'm, I'm going to start coding this stuff or I won't have it done. There's just no way I, I know enough to do the first half of the project. So let me just do the first half of the project. And then you guys can figure out the second half while I'm doing that. Right. But also there's, I mean, there's also something you have to be, when you're a project manager, you have to understand the team you're working with too, to understand what, um, how much planning you should be doing. Because for instance, like me, I get, I only have so much patience for planning and then I need to start doing something or I get really frustrated. Um, but there's other people, I, I think you're more this way, that you you want to spend more time in the upfront planning and thinking through before you put fingers on keyboard. And there are just people like that. And part of the project management thing is to understand 
the line you have to 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 kind of walk to keep both of those people happy and and well i think there's also a different type of person where they don't want any a software engineer who doesn't want any ambiguity meaning mm -hmm. give me the requirements and i'll code what, what you want you know mm -hmm. so i think there's people like that where they don't want to do any planning but like just give me what you what you want to do or or basically they want finalized requirements and then they want to just that would be me chug through them <laughs> tell me specifically what you want i'll make it do that let's go <laughs> uh so uh chat from devel oh um what field are you guys in hey welcome to the show um i'm a i'm a web developer doing ruby on rails stuff and doing some project management and that's kind of what i've been doing most of my 800 year career. Uh, and Creston owns his own shop and develops, um, develops the, the, a product. This SaaS application for colleges and universities, as well as um, does consulting for databases, as well as uh, Ruby on Rails applications. So, that's our field. Welcome to the show. Feel free to ask questions. We love to talk. It's, it's a talk show, so it's I clearly. hope so. <laughs> I mean, you know, what are you going to do? Um, I wish my aggregator was working. I'd put the chat up on the show, but it's not. It's being a butt. Oh, no. It's just my no, it's working. display. <laughs> I don't know. Anywho, I'll just leave it up there. Um, so love and life, Lisa, sorry, I miss your, missed your hay there. We were having some technical difficulties. I'll just leave the chat up here and we'll, we'll keep track of it that way. All right. So anyway, um, so yeah, it's, it's a, it, when we started on this topic, started thinking about this topic, I was having some when we were planning the planning topic, I was kind of having some some on the fence issues because it's um, it's hard to say how much planning is too much planning. Because even with someone like me who likes to get fingers on keyboard as soon as possible, it very much depends on the project as to how much planning I want to do and can stomach. Um. Yeah, I mean, the thing about it, the way I think about it, and I just wanted to talk about it just to share our different perspectives. And I think we have do have different ways we think about or measure. Well, let me phrase it this way. I think there's too little planning where you just go and you jump in and you go down a direction and then that didn't work you to go in another direction you're like a rabbit or a squirrel just running back and forth and right. producing all this code and not going anywhere and that wastes a lot of time and then there's the other end where you're spending all your time planning what to do and not you know 
actually starting. So, you know, you get into analysis paralysis and, you know, so that's no good either. So somewhere in the middle is probably ideal mix of both. And I think you're on, say, one end of that, you know, yeah. balance. I'm maybe a little bit on a little bit more on the planning side, but somewhere, you know, don't be at the extremes, but somewhere in the middle. Yeah. I mean, I'm not quite ready, fire, aim, but I like to get in there as quick as I can. You know, it, and like I said, I, I I tend to get really impatient if the planning goes too long. Um, I try to control that about myself because I know I know me and I know that other people need more planning than I do sometimes. Also, you know, if you're if you're with junior guys who don't have 20 years of experience and don't know where these roads lead, they need to get that experience. Right. So you need to let them do some more planning if you're in the project management setting so that they can, you know, learn the things that you've learned. You don't want to let them paint the the company into a corner and and completely fall down, but you want to let them investigate those forks in the road and say, okay, well, which one should I go down? I don't know. Maybe you ought to investigate, do some POCs or plan it out and see see where you go. Because if you don't, I mean, if you don't actually have those experiences in your career, you're not going to be able to draw on them later, right? If you're just asking the senior guy, well, how would you do it? Well, you know, that's great. But at, at some point, I'm going to retire. I won't be there to answer that question. Um, I don't know. Maybe I won't. I'd be, I'm already 100 years old, so who knows? <laughs> but... um. But yeah, it's 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 kind of a weird weird thing for me because you know, when you're dealing with project management, you have to do some planning. And I don't like to do planning. But I understand the importance of it. Um so So that's kind of how I sink it. I just kind of split my planning work up. Um, now, there's there's other things that you have to be concerned about with planning in in a business environment. All right, so now we're we're not going to talk about at all. Hey, I just want to do my little side project, fun funsy thing. Okay, that's that's not what I'm worried about. What I'm worried about is in a business environment where these kind of choices have an impact on more than just you and your fun time. Right. So you have to think about things like scope. How much am I, because you, you have to get paid if you're in a business. I mean, businesses, most businesses are there to make money and they, they get paid by doing programming work for people. So you have to think about scope. Well, what's the scope? How far are we going to go with this project based on what the budget is? Right. Because you can't just, Here's a budget. Okay, I'll just start typing and they don't know what they're going to get. No, you know, nobody's going to sign up for that. So you have to do that kind of planning. Um if you've got a team of people working on something, it's a good idea to have a general concept of how you're going to split the work up, who's good at what parts and who who can take on what things. And I'm not saying you should pigeonhole somebody on a on a project, but if 
if you're getting started out on a project, it's good to have people who are strong in certain areas lay the foundations, and then you can start switching things around as the project moves. Um, you need to think about budgeting. Um, you got to be able to say, look, I think this project is going to take six weeks, right? And if it takes more than six weeks, and that's what we've contracted for, I'm going to come out upside down on this. So I better have enough planning up front to be reasonably certain of an estimate, right? Um, and then the, the really important thing for businesses is risk management. Um, you have to plan for risk and you have to understand what, what kind of risks are involved in the app you're developing and what things could go very, very wrong. And if they do go very, very wrong, what are the implications of that? Is it going to, you know, destroy all your customers? Um, you know, if you're a B2B person, that your customers have customers they have to deal with and they're relying on your product. So if you don't plan it properly, is it going to cause them business issues? Right? So you got to... You got to kind of plan all those things out. Um, but, I, and that's the stuff that I really hate thinking about because I don't have the patience for it. It's not fingers on keyboard, but it's important and it, and it needs to be done at least to a certain level. So, the joys of project management. So do you have any other thoughts on that stuff? I don't think so at this point. All right. Well, that's another week in the can. We will yep. have many more weeks. We hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, if you did, please make sure and mash that like button or subscribe or follow or whichever... Um, thing you're seeing this on Twitch because we're on Twitch and YouTube live uh, every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Join us on rubberduckdevshow.com and sign up for our newsletter so you get our weekly newsletter. And you can listen to us on all your favorite podcast suppliers, including iTunes. Yay! Um, I guess we're three weeks in. I don't need to celebrate that as much anymore. Yeah, probably not. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> Anyway, you can listen to us in your car or on your bike on your way to work. Yeah, isn't that fun? The dulcet tones of my eyes. Um, so um, if you guys enjoyed that, please do mash all the buttons and ding all the bells. It'll help us out. We have not yet planned a topic for next week, so we will be doing that planning after the show tonight. Uh, so as for now... We are still having a mystery topic next week, but I'm sure it'll be something just oh so exciting, as it always is. Um, so, we will see you next week. We hope you enjoyed it. And until then, happy programming! Happy programming!